Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, Joey Gallo, to the short porch, two outs, two on, bottom seven on Thursday, rewriting his own narrative in real time. The Yanks are now 10 games over 500 after taking the first game against the Seattle Mariners, after taking the last two against the Baltimore Orioles in the blowouts we've been begging for and losing the first one in a blowout, which honestly was also helpful. You'd rather, like we said in the Rays series, you'd rather lose that than lose a tight one. And lo and behold, we're just three games in the loss column behind the Boston Red Sox. We're inching up on the Rays. We need the Orioles to take care of business this weekend. And we're now at a point where we need the Blue Jays and Red Sox to, to maybe split it. And maybe the Blue Jays relax a little bit. I, I don't, we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. We're going to talk Yankees. We're going to talk Red Sox playoff positioning. We're going to talk Luke Voigt. What do we do with him? What do we do with Miguel Andujar? What do we do with Clint Frazier? And what do we do with the budding stars of the team, some of whom are still here? Luis Heels coming back, Steven Ridings. Where's Greg Allen and why is he gone? We're going to address all of this in a hot second. But first, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? Why Australia? I know why Houston, why Australia? Are they notoriously bad with uh, with pubes? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Shouldn't Australia have been Italy? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really hung up on this. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Again, Rizzo, Gallo, I mean, Italians, we all know they're notorious. I just, okay. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com. The Perfect Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. I forgot to do space music, but just it would probably sound something like... So now I, I just did it. If this intrigues you... Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 
FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Glad I got that off <laughs> at the jump. Uh, Yankees rule. They do. Uh, but Manscaped, though, why are they cutting off half of their market? Australia to Houston's like only half the world. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure I, it out. We'll talk to them. We'll, 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 we'll change I it. I feel up like I'm missing a reference and I'm going to like Australia is <laughs> Australia is down under. I guess that's it. Down <laughs> yeah, under, that's where your, true. your huge live. That's um, where. That's but it, where it, feel, it felt like a weird place to pick Houston. Like, I understand the reference. Yeah. Australia. It's like, that's just the place. But yeah, Altuve, shave your balls, dude. Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, Yankees, 10 games over 500 for the first time all season. Um, is this the happiest podcast we're probably doing at this point? Uh, maybe the with the way that the Yankees are handling business with the way uh, we got the we got these back to back blowout wins. We haven't gotten that all year. Um you uh, the uh, the the win against the Mariners on Thursday night was a classic tailor made Yankees loss where the offense doesn't get going early um, entirely. And then the bullpen coughs up the lead and then you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs in the final in the final innings and the Yankees just go down. But nope, Joey Gallo with his signature Yankee moment. Hey, uh, hey, front office. Great job, guys. Uh, I mean, job. it's just it's almost sensible to stack the lineup with lefty sluggers when you have a 314 foot fence out in right field, because who else is hitting that ball in the Yankees lineup aside from the the handful of lefties we now have one of which just came over from the deadline. Joey Gallo can do that all day, hit it a friggin' mile in the air and it's going to carry out. Great job. This is what this is. This is why people were mad because you have a stadium constructed for this and you don't have any of it. And then you have to make momentous moves at the trade deadline, which we're still going to praise because they were the moves we were all hoping for, but it's just crazy. It came to that point. Nonetheless, I don't want to get negative today. We're, we're, we're riding high 59 and 49 bummer for the Red Sox, man. Oh God. Those fans must be really going through it. I mean, after talking shit for the first four months of the season, uh, looking at the standings every waking moment, looking at their World Series odds and their division winning odds every waking moment for a team that, you know, shouldn't really care about the regular season because all that matters is it's title town. All that matters is championships and playoff success up. Oh, but now the Red Sox are floundering a little bit. They've averaged 3.84 runs per game since the All-Star break. They've lost seven of nine A.J. Hintz just smacked Alex Cora into oblivion in Detroit. The Tigers took two of three. Um, Yankees are gaining ground here. Five and a half out of the division with the Rays on top. They're four games back of the Red Sox. Uh, Tides are turning, folks, and we're going to be looking back at this trade deadline very favorably, at least I feel. The Yankees are remaining afloat with all these COVID issues. Once again, Garrett Cole's out. Jordan Montgomery's out. Gary Sanchez just went on the COVID IL. The Yankees are having a lot of problems, but they're 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 powering through this adversity. Um, Anthony Rizzo has been the lone spark plug for this team. I, I really don't think that's you know I, I don't. Let's put it this way: if the if the Yankees didn't have Anthony Rizzo for the last seven games, where would they be? What what would be happening? Uh, I surely don't think they win six of seven. Um, I don't think that's a hot take. He was, he was the only, he was, he was aside from the pitching in Miami. He was the reason the offense did what it did. They only scored 10 runs in that series. And he was a lot. He manufactured a lot of that. 
And then on uh, on Tuesday night against the Orioles, when it seemed like Matt Harvey was kind of going to uh, or was that uh, what was no Wednesday? I'm sorry. Uh, Tuesday was Luis Hill. We, we got to talk about anyway, Wednesday yeah. against the Orioles when Matt Harvey was per, he faced the minimum batters through nine innings. Uh, no, no hitting uh, was no hitting the Yankees. Um, and uh, Rizzo comes in. The Yankees are down three, nothing sends one over the fence into right field, an absolute bomb. And then that got the offense going nine more runs scored after that. So I don't think it's a coincidence. The Yankees have missed the spark plug on offense all year. Seemingly nobody would step up. So many times this year, it feels like Yankees player before the trade deadline, Yankees players are looking at each other being like, Hey dude, um, you going to step up today. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm capable of it. I don't know what the, I don't know what the messaging was. I don't know what the energy was, but it seemed like everybody was just looking around, waiting for somebody else to do something instead of just fucking doing it. And now we finally have a guy like Rizzo who's like, yeah, I'm going to just go up and I'm I'm going to hit hit the shit out of the ball and I'm going to do it. Been great on defense as well. Uh, you could see his energy from the dugout celebrating every time the team scores a run. Um, so really can't really can't stress how important these acquisitions are going to be. And how, quite frankly, it's going to create a little bit of a roster issue, which we'll get to in a moment. But anyway, on Tuesday, we didn't get to talk about it because we had Ken Waldachuk on the podcast, who once again, absolutely dominated on Thursday night. Clark oh, my Schmidt, God. Clark Schmidt got the start at double A Somerset uh, because it was his rehab and he's working his way back. But then Ken Waldachuk comes in in relief. I think he struck out 10 batters in three and a third innings. Is that I correct? Believe he, I believe he got to five plus, but it was 10 Ks. Oh, he got to five plus. Okay. So I think he struck out. Yeah. He struck out like nine or something in three and a third. And then I guess he kept going and was dominant, but I, that, that you're going to see that guy sooner or later. Uh, absolute pleasure having him on the podcast. Very appreciative that he made the time for us. Um, very cool dude, rising prospect. You will see him soon. Uh, but speaking of prospects, Luis Heal makes his MLB debut against Heel. the Orioles. Luis Heal on Tuesday makes his MLB debut. Six shutout innings. I know it's the Orioles, guys, but guess what? MLB debut, you're not messing with that. That's 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 a lot of pressure, regardless of who you're facing. It's major league talent, nonetheless. He goes six innings. Strikes out six, allows only four hits and a walk, and then two other Yankee Yankee uh, rookies who made their MLB debuts in Stephen Ridings and Brody Corner come in. Stephen hmm. Ridings throws a hundred miles an hour. Where the fuck has he been? Why why was he one of the last guys they're calling up from AAA? I know he wasn't there long. He only had like eight or nine games in AAA, I believe, before the Yankees gave him the call. One inning, struck out three, 16 pitches, 13 of strikes. Brady uh, Brody Corner finishes the game with two innings, uh, allows a run because Greg Allen uh, laid out for a ball in center field that got away from him. Um, but he looked okay, too. Nonetheless, uh, Luis Heal will be starting again this weekend against the Mariners. Steven Ridings is still on the roster. You got to like it. You really got to like it. I love it. Ridings, uh, like a 100-mile-an-hour throwing yeah. uh, substitute teacher yeah. who was cut by the Kansas city Royals with emotion. Like, yeah, where's, where's this guy been? He he's like, not only does he throw flames, he throws well-located flames and he's angry and he's emoting and he knows where the ball's going. He's gigantic. He's huge. And it's his first outing. He knows exactly where the ball's like, how many times does, does another team call up a flamethrower from triple a and you're like, Oh my God, relievers are fungible. Cause this dude's nasty too. And the Yankees always call up these dudes from triple a who throw like 88. And then, like, <laughs> go to the mound and are just, like, slop balls. Or it's, like, 94 and they're straight beams. Like, Albert Abreu was terrible. Like, I, I don't yeah. really 
And I don't really know why that doesn't translate, but it just doesn't. And Ridings comes up and he immediately has the shit. Like he's, he's awesome. Um, Bob Clappish had a great anecdote too about Heels debut where it was like, you know, a major league team. The Baltimore Orioles are a major league offense. They beat up Andrew Heaney on Monday. Uh, they beat the Yankees 7-1. That They can do that. Like, mm-hmm. Heel starting and winning wasn't a guarantee. But Clappish had a great anecdote where Heel, like, took to the mound before the game and was, like, all over the place. Like, bouncing his warm-up pitches. You know, no idea where the ball's going. Like, eight warm-up pitches, seven balls. Like, just didn't look good. And then all of a sudden, just locked it in. Like, Game begins. All right, I'm here. I belong. Uh, his fastball spin rate, like, is near what Garrett Cole's is, mm-hmm. as far as I know. like. From what I saw, it was like twenty four six seven, and Cole averages like in the mid twenty four hundreds. Like, they're very similar. That's why you keep Luis Heel. He's always felt like the less volatile alternative to Luis Medina to me. You know, as somebody who watches these yeah. guys from afar, like, I don't know that much. I'm not an expert, but you know, I've watched him from afar and. But Heel's last, uh, you know, I, I always figured Heel had great control, but his last minor league start before this was awful. It was yep. like five walks and in an inning and two thirds. And the game before was a six inning participant. Him and Steven Ridings and Reggie McLean, I think, combined no hitter, right? for a no hitter. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I guess he is a little volatile. I guess he isn't like the stable option, but he was amazing in that start. Yanks fall down three nothing in the next game. It, it's looking like more of the same, throwing momentum in a trash can. And no, Jameson Tyone is is great. I think he gives up two earned runs. He gets into the seventh. He strikes out 10. Yankees not only come back, but push a ton of runs across. Giancarlo Stanton puts bat on ball. Blue double clears the bases. Not the most impressive piece of hitting of all time after DJ LeMahieu broke the tie. But, you know, put bat on ball. Ball go places. You know, ball bounce in the right direction. Just don't strike it out. But not bad. Gallo homers yesterday. You know, that's the moment everyone's going to remember. It was a home run in 15 of the 30 major league ballparks. So it's not quite a short porcher. I think in Fenway, it probably curves around that 298 fucking foot wall (laughs) that you guys always uh, pretend like we have a short porch. You have the tiniest porch of all time. You'll never find a shorter porch than at Fenway. And yeah, I won't linger on the Red Sox for too long because, you know, just like they can't brag in early July, we can't brag in early August. A lot of shit's going to happen. Yanks are going to go through problems. This is still the happiest week of the season. But I will just say the Boston Red Sox, uh, if not for uh, some ridiculous comeback, they claim they have no luck. They have a ton of luck. I don't know what mm. they're talking about. If not for some ridiculous comebacks, from last, from two Fridays ago to now, they'd have two wins. Yeah. They, they beat Detroit on Wednesday. Clean win. They just won that baseball game 4-1. They beat the Blue Jays in a seven-inning game. Uh, but other than that, they had, you know, the four run game, the four nothing Domingo Herman no hitter. They came back and won that. And they also had a game where they beat the Jays when they were down one in the eighth and uh, Verdugo homer to put them up one. So take away those two ridiculous late game comebacks. They have two wins in two weeks. And one of them was seven innings long. That's not going to cut it. And they've got the Blue Jays this weekend who are hot on our heels. We're tied in the loss column. They've been winning since the break. They're facing Manoa. They're facing Berrios. They're facing Robbie Ray. They're facing Ryu. And they're giving them like Pavetta and Eduardo Rodriguez and all the four points. They're bad rotations, but they're giving them. Yeah, they're giving them all the 4.60 ERA dumpies that they have while Chris Sale pitches uh, in Scranton. I I would probably bring up Chris Sale for one of these games, but I don't manage the Red Sox. Um, their playoff odds have dipped below 80% per fan graphs and ours are above 55%. It's simply interesting. It's not it's, it's not time to take a victory lap. It's it's simply interesting. There there's a Red Sox fan. 
I follow a number of Red Sox fans who have also muted because uh, who need nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. And one of them live tweeted the entire ninth inning of the Aroldis Chapman experience yesterday. What a terrible matchup. Aroldis Chapman walking Kellenic. What a loser. These are like 12 tweets in a row. Easy matchup for Chapman. How is he blowing this? This is embarrassing. How is Chapman blowing this? The game ends. And he, we're talking literally 15 tweets in like a six minute span. The game ends and the fans like, I'm not scared of the 2021 Yankees. Huh, seems like you are. It actually seems like you watched the entire ninth inning and like, Sweat tweeted about it for a really long time. So um, we play you six more times. Your playoff, you need you need people to step up and you haven't gotten it for a couple weeks. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what's the Yankees roster going to look like in a week or so? Because the good times don't last forever. Stick around. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get- for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So during the euphoria, uh, which, by the way, will not last until Saturday because Friday night is Wandy Peralta getting not a good. start. So, uh, you know, you, you can't win every game. You're not going to win this one. Best of luck. I don't really I, I mean, I know why this is happening, but I don't know why I'm subjected to this. I'll be on with you all night watching the watching the bad baseball. Um, Steven Ridings and, and Brady Corner probably going to get a chance to play today, too. You, you'd have to think uh, this is uh, yeah, dark times. But <laughs> Greg Allen goes down mm. during this uh, euphoric week. He was a COVID replacement. So in order to activate Wandy Peralta, he's got to go back or else they have to DFA him. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. But, you know, there's a scenario where they could they can add him to the 40-man and bring him back because we, we brought Jonathan Davis. We signed Jonathan Davis out of nowhere. Mm. Um, so now we not only do we have Jonathan Davis, ex-Blue Jay, but we start Jonathan Davis. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't cut Brett Gardner. You, you can't do that at this point in the season even as much as you might wish you could. But I don't know why Jonathan Davis has to be here and Greg Allen can't be here. Um, also lingering in the minors, Luke Voigt on a rehab assignment. He's got minor league options. Do they dare use them? Probably not. The bench is better with Luke Voigt. And again, Jonathan Davis is involved. You know, Luke Voigt is, is better than that man at baseball. If Stanton can play the outfield, Voigt DH, it gets a little easier. Um, you've also got Miguel and Duhar and Clint Frazier working their way back. They can't keep them hidden forever, can they? So, so what happens here? Who stays? Who goes? Because whoever goes, it's going to be somebody who's probably more helpful than Clint Frazier and Miguel and Duhar. It's truly crazy. Someone needs to explain the if there's any intricacies surrounding the Greg Allen decision. I mean, he was bringing everything to the table. The Yankees were lacking before they had made acquisitions at the deadline. Speed, defense, lefty bat, uh, energy that we didn't have. Uh, he stole five bases in 15 games, which is four more bases than fucking Brett Gardner has stolen all year. Um, batting 270, OPSing, I think like 849. Like that's production you want. Jonathan I, Davis. I know. Yeah, it's like I know he is the replacement, yeah. but why can't you just do? Can't, why don't you DFA yeah. Wandy Peralta? Yeah, seriously, why not? Five two ERA from Wandy Peralta that trades a bust for everybody. Mike Talkman gets DFA'd by the Giants. Like just trash it and be done with it. Jonathan Davis was batting 143 with like a 540 OPS in 52 games with the Blue Jays. There's no reason he should be here. And of course. 
before things got nice last night after Gallo's home run, Jonathan Davis comes to the plate three times with runners in scoring position. Guess what he does? Oh, for three. What do you think Greg Allen would have done? He wouldn't have went three for three, but he certainly would have went wouldn't have went over three. So might have gone might have gone three for three. It might have. Somebody's got to explain it. I don't understand it. I hope we're not missing something and aiming the criticism uh, in the wrong place. Um, but it, when, when once again, when there's when Aaron Boone's explanation was, yeah, that was a tough one. He was a COVID replacement. We had to do it. But like, what does that mean? I don't understand what that means. Why can't he just stay? And then we get rid of somebody else. As for the rest of the roster, um, it'd be nuts if they kept Luke Voigt down there. I think this team is better with Luke Voigt on the bench. But does that create an ego thing? Does Luke Voigt want to be starting every day? Is it possible for him to start every day? Are they comfortable playing John Carlos Stanton in the outfield a lot more than they have been? I don't know. Um, I hope that doesn't disrupt any chemistry issues. If Luke Voigt becomes a part-time player, personally, if I'm managing this team, I sit Luke Voigt down and be like, dude, you're going to play part-time. You've been hobbled. We want to keep you healthy. We want you to achieve your potential. The best way you could do that is if you're playing in a pl- in a platoon-ish fashion or DHing more of the time because your body is not responding to whatever is has been going on over the last few years, even in his healthiest season, which was last year, which was once again, guys, only a 60 game shortened campaign. He had foot issues the whole year. He could barely run the bases after he was hitting all these home runs. So yeah, not healthy, um, not great. Um, it's a shame too. Cause I love Luke Voigt. One of my favorite Yankees of, of this current team, his energy is great. His approach to the plate is awesome. Uh, fun guy. He, he's great conversation, great post game interview, but it's just that there needs to be a more tenable solution. As for Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar, um, I really don't want to sound like an asshole, but they simply cannot return to the team. I don't know what what measures would be taken. Do they sit in the minors the rest of the year? I really don't know. But if you want to talk about disrupting team chemistry um, and bringing unwanted headlines to the Yankees after all the positivity that's been surrounding the team over the last two weeks, uh, you couldn't ask for a worse situation than bringing back Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier. And I'm not really exaggerating here. Uh, I'm just telling you guys on the surface level, Miguel Andujar's agent, who he did fire or he changed agents, uh, his <laughs> agent last year called out the Yankees for demoting him to the alternate site. Um, so there, th- that's always going to be in the back of everyone's minds, especially if Andujar is not playing. And he shouldn't be playing because his bat wasn't... Th- these guys got... First of all, they have both right Adam have gotten ample playing time. They've got enough playing time. I think so this year to prove to everybody that they're capable of doing something. I know Andujar is not in a favorable situation. He got his position at third base stolen from him from Gio Rochella. But at that point, what are you going to do? Gio Who's Rochella better? is the better player. Yeah, better. Um, they stick him in the outfield. He's not an outfielder. He's not good in the outfield. That's uh, it sucks. I understand. But if you're not going to be good in the outfield, you need to produce at the plate. And he's not doing that either. Clint Frazier, who was a gold glove finalist last year, is now one of statistic. There are six worse players than him in baseball, according to Fangraphs, uh, <laughs> Fangraphs F war, six worse players than him. That, that's that's how bad he's been. He's got a negative point nine war. Um, he I think he's batting one eighty six with a with a five something OPS. His defense is absolutely atrocious. It's he never hits the cutoff, man. He overthrows or underthrows everything like it's the eye test. You don't, if you've watched Clint, he doesn't swing the bat. So there's a lot of things that 
factor into this. And if you want to talk about Clint Frazier's off the field things, he tweeted some cryptic things that we, uh, that I took as maybe a shot at the Yankees. He yeah, called out our we should say, we should say Clint yeah. Frazier hates you. Yeah. Clint Frazier might hate me, which is fine. Clint, if you're listening, I know you're not, we'd love to have you on the pod, hear your perspective mm. about things. I don't know what that perspective would be, but if we really want to do a timeline of Clint Frazier's uh, time, uh, time in the Bronx it hasn't been great it started off with injuries then um uh he was uh, he had a little spat with Michael K about those injuries which Clint Frazier was 100% right about Michael K had not nice thing he said shame on Clint Frazier for not getting healthy which how is that on Clint Frazier he had a head injury yeah that was um, dumb and then Cl- and then Clint Frazier has that bad game against Boston in 2019 completely avoids the media and then when asked about it he said I have no obligation to speak to anybody not really great um, and then, you know, we could fast forward the plenty, plenty of other things. There's uh, he's clearly upset in some capacity. Um, at least that's what it seems like. Um, and it just doesn't seem like a match. It never seemed like it was going to work out. Some things just don't work out, guys. I don't think it has anything to do with specifically the Yankees. I don't think it has anything specifically due to with Clint Frazier. It's just not a match in the way that he's performing this year. And and too hard too. They just there's no way that I, I, they don't fit on this roster, and I don't understand how. It, if John Carlos Stanton's playing the field now, there's absolutely no place for either of them. I'm worried about. I mean, I'm just worried about Clint Frazier. There's yeah. like no nice way to say it. I I you know he's had his moments that were have been both good and bad in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Clint Clint doesn't hate me. I don't think. Uh, Clint, I like you. <laughs> I like you a lot. I'm I'm worried about Clint. I still think there's something wrong. With, I don't think this is fake. I do think there's something wrong with him. I've been worried about him all the way back to spring training. Uh, yeah. He he banged into the wall again, which was the cause of his problems in 2018. And then he tweeted like, I'm fine, but he almost never tweets. He, he tweeted like, I'm fine. That's why it seemed important when he tweeted those Kid Cudi lyrics this week. But apparently then he he wanted us to believe that he wasn't talking about anything, even though he was like, bro, somebody let me write about what's happened to me since 2018. I can't wait to tell the story. Like, sounds like he's got a lot to say. And I, I'm worried about him. I don't think he's right. And so I, I, I don't know if there's a way to welcome him back to this team and have the team, you know, if he comes back, I think the team gets worse because I, yeah. I do not, I think he needs more time. I think he's. I think there's a good player in there. I think there's a lot complicating the, the situation with Cliff Frazier, Miguel and Duhar. I just there's just nothing there for me. Like I was wrong. In, I was wrong in 2018 when he almost won the Rookie of the Year, and everybody was like his defense makes him untenable. I was like you're wrong. He he does nothing but hit doubles. He's perfect. He's gonna do that forever. Who cares about the defense? And then I saw Gio Urshela for the first time, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, wait. Defense rules. It's very important <laughs> to not be scared every time a ball goes to third base. And then Andujar comes back, and the offense just isn't the same either. So if the offense isn't the same and the defense is terrible, then what are we doing? And he's in left field. He woke up for like a week. Ryan Rucco had the games in Minnesota, and it was like Rucco and Andujar worked together really well. And all of a sudden, he's like a viable player, and he's hitting helicopter bombs, and he looks something like the 2018 version of himself. But that only lasted like a week and a half. And you all probably didn't notice because Garrett Cole's spider tax stuff was getting the headlines. June 10th was a weird time. Um, this season is moving at the strangest pace of all time. It feels like both Andujar and Frazier have been gone forever. It's been like a month for both of them. They were very recently on the Yankees. You know what broke my brain was uh, the day I declared the season officially, finally dead. Stop watching. Don't pay attention. The Aroldis Chapman uh, blown save to the Angels was june 30th into july 1st yeah that was a that was a month ago like mm-hmm. and not even like a stretchy month not even like a month where you have to be like that was like a month and a friend's like no that was like 48 days and you're like it's basically a month 
No, that was that was really like a month. That was a month. Uh, one month. Uh, the season ended, but then since then the Yankees have weathered the All Star. They've weathered two crazy losses in Boston, the crazy loss in Houston, the shutout to end the Mariner series, the the allergy to sweeping, and they're seventeen and eight in their last twenty six. And I don't know if it gets better than this. I don't know if the momentum continues and they keep climbing. And I know the Blue Jays are, are maybe better built to make a run than the Yankees are. Considering you look at the Yankees rotation right now, not forever, but it's Tyone, Nestor Cortez Jr., Andrew Heaney, Luis Heel, and a full-on question mark that today is being filled by a pitcher who should be DFA'd. I understand that. And the Blue Jays, like Jose Barrios, say what you will about the acquisition. He is definitely better than those people I just listed. Better fit than the probably a three-starter in the playoffs, a better fit than everybody I just mentioned. I don't know. I don't know where it goes from here, but I do know this is the happiest week of the season. The first time things have felt right. The first time it does feel like Yankees get behind early doesn't matter. They can come back. The caliber of competition isn't exactly hot, but you're going to, at the end of 2020, we were all saying, Look at the Marlins and look at the Yankees. One of these teams competes. One of them doesn't. One of them's young and athletic. One of them doesn't know how to, you know, bury, unbury themselves, get out of a hole. One of them looks like they're built for modern baseball and one doesn't. We've been saying this forever. Yanks go sweep the Marlins on the road. They beat the Marlins at their own game. Rizzo solidified things. They were plenty athletic with Gallo in the, and Stanton in the outfield. Then they come home, face the Orioles, lose the first one 7-1. There's an obvious scenario where the Yankees lose at least one of the next two. No, they don't. They bash once and they hold on and blow them out in the late innings in the second time. And the Yankees could have lost Thursday night's game a million different ways. And Gallo delivers and they refuse to. There's now people who can deliver. The, the tide is beginning to turn. The averages are starting to even out a little bit. And I, for one, would welcome Luke Voigt back. He makes this bench a lot better. I don't think there'll be a chemistry issue. And Duhar and Frazier, though, not for me. Not right now. No, and when you declared the season over, which I totally agreed with you, that was under the pretense that it would be with that current roster. How many times we did we can, say yeah. this iteration, that iteration of the Yankees roster was not going to the playoffs? It wasn't. It, it, was, it was so far. Not, and guess what, guys? I, that, look, look, at, look at the additions and subtractions now. Clint Frazier and Miguel and Duhar are not here. Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo are here. Um uh, Luke Voigt is not here. I don't think Luke Voigt's uh, I don't think Luke Voigt's absence has anything to do with it. I think the upgrade. Look, how many how many defensive gaffes have you seen over the last two weeks? How many uh, aside from a couple of Glaber tourists that I haven't there has been there's been nothing glaring where it's like, oh, we're giving away free base runners. Oh, great. This is going to come back to bite us. That was that was every other day when we had when we had the roster pre July, whatever it was, July 28th or something. Uh, some DHs and some third baseman yeah. playing left field every day. Like it's not yeah. an accident. No. And there, and there was a reason we said that because the team looked bad. Look, the Yankees are 18 and nine right now without a combination of Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar. I'm not saying that that's the, 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 that tells the entire story, but it's clear when you upgrade in the manner of in with Joey, with guys like Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, and even Greg Allen, who just bring different elements to the game. And I miss Ryan the, Lamar. He and was Ryan great. Lamar. Ryan Lamar was great. But one, once again, a guy who was aggressive at the plate, put bat on ball to walk off hit and a insurance run against the Rays. That got us two. Ryan Lamar got us two victories. Yes, he did. You guys haven't been paying attention. Totally fine in the outfield. Athletic dude runs the base as well. Like so many things. That you that you take for granted because now everybody, every younger fan 
And I don't blame you because home runs are fun. We're looking at OPS. We're looking at home runs. We're looking at WRC plus like, yes, that's a big part of the game. That's not every aspect of the game though. You need guys who are witty on the base base paths. You need guys who take good angles to balls hit to the outfield. The Yankees did not have that for the first three and a half months of the season. Now they have some sort of semblance of that, at least uh, taking over a majority of, of the roster at this point. And Smaller defensive deficiencies are going to be able to be ignored now because they're not characterizing everything that they're doing. And a big reason, once again, and even like I don't want I'm not trashing Luke Voigt here, but the, the, the defense between Anthony Rizzo and Luke Voigt is is night and day. And it, it, Anthony Rizzo's already saved a handful of runs in in seven games with the Yankees. I, I don't know if Luke Voigt makes those plays, um, but. it's you know what you're getting with Anthony Rizzo. He's a gold glove first baseman. Um, He's been for years and he changes the entire dynamic. So like we said, back on June 30th, the Yankees were not going to the playoffs. They weren't even sniffing the world series with that current roster. Now things have changed. And look, I know the rotation is a little bit problematic right now, but I think they have a 2.6 ERA over the last 20 games. So if they're getting guys filling in and it's, it's somewhat serviceable, it's really okay. The Blue Jays have the best uh, starters ERA since the All-Star break. um, um, But the Yankees are holding their own. The problem this year has been the offense. And now that we have these extra couple of jolts and less uh, gaffes on defense, it's the, the addition is, is, is tremendous because the mistakes that are not being made and the lack of, uh, the lack of, I guess, gumption in, in high pressure, pressure situations that is now presenting itself is adding runs instead of subtracting them. Yeah, I, I am all in on what we're watching. I don't know how long it's going to last and I'll never know, right? You, you can't predict oh, it. I, I'm, I'm not no confident this will last forever. I'm not confident it's going to get us to the end of the road, but I am extremely confident in the group of guys we're rolling out every day. And even a pair of not great lefty hitters would have helped in this scenario. And we got some great ones. So I guess that's really, that's where I'll leave it. Like we're, we're seeing what we had every right to be angry at the front office for, for not helping us out in this manner. And, And now they have, they have, they have changed the trajectory and they have changed the narrative. So God bless the New York Yankees and God bless Brian Cashman for at least for now. At least for now, we're going to hold off and uh, let's see. And we will get to the blank check Rizzo and we will get to all the, um, you know, how we feel about the offseason when we get to the offseason. But for now, we are making the charge that everybody anticipated. And it's it's being led by two people who were absolutely correct to have been to have been brought in here. And we're very excited. That is it for this Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Caradante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You could also talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. You can read all of our content at YanksGoYard.com. A lot of you viewers helping us out. We uh, we're racking up the page views. We're hoping to foster more discussion um, and question the Yankees as best we can until they start performing to expectations. Isn't that right? So everyone enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Hopefully we're coming out with a bigger lead over Seattle in this wild card race and gaining more ground on the Boston Red Sox who are going to face a very tough Blue Jays team uh, over the next few days. Yeah. Stay tuned. Doesn't get easier for them. 
doesn't get easier for us either, but let's keep winning baseball games. We'll see you on Monday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.